welcome to Swapping Joysticks. It is the 4th of September 2023 and I'm Ben Ostwick and I'm joined as always by me, Ed Nightingale. Ed Nightingale and someone call the burn unit, Gus Ed burnt himself. I'm injured today. <laughs> I'm very injured and oh. I feel very silly. You, what, what happened? Well, I was cooking Ben. Were you? A delicious oh. meal. <laughs> Weird pause. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> um, a lovely slow-cooked lamb with, with wine and spices and herbs, which was actually really nice. I was, was very, very impressed nice. with myself. Uh, with some potatoes. Bit some chewy. Yeah. What? It's not chewy. That's, it's no. It's fine. It was fine. Maybe I didn't cut it the right. I'm going to blame your cutting in that case. Um, there's nothing chewy about my meat. Um <laughs> And and it was it was very nice, and I did the really silly thing of slow cooking it in a pot with a pan lid, and I took it out of the oven, and then I grabbed the lid. Why did you grab the lid? With my bare hands. Why? Because I'm silly. Oh. And I'm so used to using that pan on the hob and just not thinking about the lid. So I grabbed the lid and picked it up, and then was like, "Oh, that's really hot." But I'm also very precious about my expensive pans. So I didn't want to just drop it and smash it. So I was like, well, where can I put it? Where can I put it? Until I found somewhere to drop it. By which point, I'd burnt the fuck out of my fingers. So, yeah. Held it under cold water for a long time. And Hours. It took, it took forever for the heat and the pain to go out of my fingers. It was generally about 2am when you fell asleep. Yeah. I fell asleep holding a wet flannel... Or damp flannel over some frozen peas, which was the only thing that would numb the pain, despite taking a load of painkillers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you had way more than probably is advised. Well, but they were spaced out. It's fine. Then you had a nightmare that you couldn't breathe, and I was like, "Oh God, have you had too many pills?" Yeah, I dropped off to sleep, and then literally, I had a nightmare that you were next to me, and I was trying to like shake to nudge you to wake you up because I couldn't open my mouth because I couldn't breathe. Apparently, I couldn't breathe through my nose either. Um, and then I woke up and was like, <gasps> I wondered what that, that yeah, <laughs> I was like, what's he been doing? Um, yeah, I mean, we, we looked up like online what to do and one, 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 and everything's just, it's a minor burn. You've just got to wait. Yeah, everyone's for the, like, for the, like, you just got to wait for the, for the pain and the, and the heat to go out basically, which just took a lot longer than I thought it would. Um, and it's not like, it's not black or white or anything weird or, you know, bursting. There is a large blister coming up on my thumb. Oh god, that's going to be fun. one big bubble. Yeah, which is not going to be fun. But apart from that, I've you know I've put some savlon on it. It will be fine. But I was not in a good mood yesterday. No, you dinner weren't. was ruined. The evening was ruined. I shouted at you quite a lot. I um, don't know why. <laughs> I just needed to expel some anger. <laughs> you fine. were the only person. There. Luckily, he was chained pretty much to the sink with his finger under it, so I was out of like <laughs> uh, slapping range. Well, you had to finish dinner. I wouldn't have slapped you. You had to finish dinner under under um, duress commands. Yeah, <laughs> you did it well. Good. I'm glad you we, we you missed fried the... the fried the cabbage very well. Yeah, that was actually nice. What was it called again? Pablo Cavallo Nero. Okay, Pablo Nero. I think he's in Bayonetta. So yeah, sure. I. That was, it's actually really nice. I don't know what it is, but I still don't know what it is. It's kind of somewhere between spinach and cabbage, basically. It's spinach and cabbage that you get from Waitrose. <laughs> we had a lovely trip to Waitrose, especially for this meal. Especially for this um, meal. And we got some epoise that we're going to have to save for the uh, Spanish Grand Prix, which we'll be watching later. I also missed... Um, Your red velvet cake. My red velvet cheesecake dessert. I did. Courtesy of Goo. Yeah. Goo. Um, 
So yeah, I'm going to have to, I, like, I really want to play video games, but it's my thumb, which I use for the controller. So it's gonna yeah, really I, I walked in and you were playing Sea of Stars, like you were like a, a child Typing. with a keyboard for the first time. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to have to, like, I mean, at least that's menu based playing Sea of Stars, but I will hold it in my left hand, the controller, and then tap with my middle finger on top and just tap buttons. So that's going to be fun to play. No oh, armored core for me. Which hand is it? My right one, oh, which no. also makes other things really hard. Wiping my ass this morning with my left hand was really difficult. I'm going to say something else then. <laughs> that's good. Ah. Oh. Well, there. Anyway, it's been a fun weekend. Burn. I wanted a nice weekend, just relaxing, play some games and chilling out. And last night was a disaster. Yeah, because I was like, you were there with your finger under the tap. And I'm like, well, I can't just stick on Starfield and ignore you while you're there. I mean, I'd rather you did that because at least one of us would have had an entertaining evening. Well, I was waiting for you to say that, but you never did. So I was oh, like, just do it, man. Yeah. Well, it's a bit late now. Anyway, speaking of Starfield. Yes. Should we go into what we've been playing? Let's. Well, what I've been attempting to. Well, I know I played a lot before this evening. But, uh, That's good. Or last night. Yeah. But you can start. Sure. Why what not? have you been playing? What released this week? Um, what, Starfield. Yeah. I have been playing Starfield. I've played maybe. The big controversial space game. Yeah. I got to 7 out of 10. Um, it is the latest. RPG from Bethesda Games Works. Mm -hmm. like I don't know what it is. I think it's Bethesda. Yeah. But they are, um, it's like, it's come out and it's had some controversy because uh, some review because outlets. Because it wasn't have, perfect. Some, Shock horror. Some review outlets dared to give it a seven and um, some gave it a 10 and a nine. It's been a bit of a mixed bag between seven and 10. Now, is this your first Bethesda game? Uh, it's not my first <clears throat> Bethesda game. <clears throat> However, I am now, I mean, I'm very early in. I'm like seven hours in because I just played it yesterday. Um, I will play some more tonight. But I'm seven hours in, and I believe that is actually the longest I've ever played a Bethesda RPG. Ooh. Um, well, that is a good sign. Because both of them, Skyrim and Fallout 4, I have played like six hours of. Fallout 4, I played six hours of and didn't even discover VATS. I was like, this is really difficult. Because I was playing on a console as well. I was playing on PS3, 4? What was it originally on? Fallout 4? Yeah. That was PS4. Four, yeah. Fallout 3 was PS3, as I was never, Skyrim. Yeah, I never played... Well, I played Skyrim, but I, I played Skyrim on so many different um, pla uh, platforms. But out, uh, out of interest, why did you drop off those games? I was about to go into that. Yeah. So, But no, it's good. I like the interview. It's nice. Uh, I fell off... <laughs> I fell off Fallout because I, generally I thought it was far too difficult because I hadn't... I, I had missed or I'd skipped the tutorial bit that talked about VATS. And it was the days that you didn't, like... I didn't watch loads of gaming videos. I didn't watch streams on Twitch. I didn't like none of this. So I was just like, I've no, no idea really what to do. Why is it so difficult? It must be just a difficult game. There are other games that I've got like FIFA. It was those days oh, no. that I would, that I could play and actually, you know, do quite well at. Do you know what? Fallout is so much easier than FIFA. For some. I, sports games are the only games I can't play. I, I, I cannot get my head around sports games. It's, I'm useless at them. We all know why. But then the, uh, yeah. <laughs> but no, I mean, I, I fell off a bit. But then I actually, I did play a little bit, uh, not too recently, about a year and a half ago, of Fallout 4 with, you know, understanding what VATs are. And I played a fair bit. I, I think I played another six hours, but got a lot further <clears throat> than, uh, than I did in the first one. But then was like, you know what? It's all right. I just, I find it a little bit depressing. And I know Fallout's meant to be like that. I mean, and it's, it's an it's Exactly. I just don't particularly like that setting. Interesting. Um, and then Skyrim, 
I played, and I've mentioned this a few times before, I played Skyrim straight after finishing The Witcher 3, which is not the way to do it. Error. Because I went and played it and was like, oh, I just want to go back and play some more Witcher instead. It was fun, but it was definitely a game that's older than The Witcher. It is of its time. I mean, yeah. I played Skyrim when it came out, and that, was that my first Bethesda game? Was it, did I play Fallout 3 first? I can't quite remember. Um, but like Skyrim, I loved, but I haven't gone back to it since whenever it came out, like 10 years ago, or whatever. Yeah. Um, part of me would like to play it again, just to experience it in a different way, but I'm not sure if it quite holds up. Mm. Um, Fallout, I've, I've played three and four, both to completion, and really enjoyed them. Um, I bet if I sat down and played with them more and played with them rather than in the mindset of like, I need to finish this game, but more in like, I want to get to know all these characters and I want to see the world building and I want to, you know, go and f go off my own a little bit and just discover something random. I think I would have enjoyed it more. The The problem with Fallout is that once you've played one, you've kind of played them all. Even New now, Vegas? I know that they, New Vegas. Well, I know that they do. I haven't played New Vegas. I know that and I've, I've heard about it. I know that is a lot more bright and colorful and slightly different. But ultimately, they all take place in an apocalyptic wasteland that is very brown and gray. And it kind of looks the same. Now there Lancashire. are, yeah, exactly. Um, there are there are um, vaults that you go into. There are certain bits that are different. Fallout Three has a really cool mission where you you go into this um, kind of VR kind of thing, and it takes you to this other world that is in your head that you're playing through, oh. and it's like controlled by a rogue AI. And uh, spoilers, it's an old game. Um, and it's basically a load of people that went into a vault and and put themselves into like stasis and they go into this um sort of Stepford Wives kind of um mm. all American cul-de-sac um you know picket fence kind of vibe where they can just live their life and they don't know that they're in a machine. So it's a way for them to escape the fallout basically. Oh. Um and so there's little bits like that that are really clever and change things up a bit. Yeah. But ultimately, like, I played through Fallout 4 and was like, this is just Fallout 3 again. Mm. And I feel like when they do a Fallout 5, it's going to be really hard to make that stand out. So I can see, my point being, I can see why they've decided, let's do something brand new and mm. go to space. So at least it's a different setting. I think Fallout 4, Fallout 5 might be a bit grander, like in a New York or something like that. Or is that maybe, maybe, maybe the story? I don't know if the law has kind of eradicated New York or something like that. Well, each yeah, each each game has been a different area of New York. I mean, it doesn't have to be America. Like, yeah, yeah. Give us Fallout London. Yes, I'd love that. Tokyo. Yeah, mm. and just change things up a bit. <coughs> or like the Japanese countryside. Although there wouldn't be many trees, would there? Do they have trees in Fallout? I thought I you were say, do they have trees in Japan? I think they have trees. <laughs> it's all blossom trees. It's, it's like pink. That's all I've seen. Yeah, I think sure. it's all year round. So tell us how space compares. Um, but you know, I was saying, yeah, but Skyrim as well. I, I couldn't. I, I've done a few goofy things. I was sent flying by a giant. Um, of course. Which We've is, all done that. There's that meme, but also it does happen actually, isn't it, in the game? Anyway, yeah, so I just kind of fell off them a bit. But I also, uh, going to the other Bethesda games, I loved. Wait, did Doom Bethesda? Doom, the new Doom? Uh, well, it's made by id but it's published by Bethesda. Mm, that I loved the first one. I didn't really play Eternals because that came out. Eternal because that came out an hour before Animal Crossing, and then my life just changed. Mm. Um, but I played quite a bit of The Outer Worlds, which I enjoyed, and I think that's like Fallout New Vegas. Is that's it Fallout? Obsidian. 
Is it? Yeah. Why do I? Why did I? Oh, it's because it's the New Vegas people. Okay. Yep. We'll get there. Um, and no, I absolutely loved Wolfenstein, the two remake single player games. Not remake, mm. but the the re yeah the rebirth of the new uh, of those, and they were fantastic. But they were not open world RPGs at all. But they had a, just a wacky wacky story, and I was like, okay, these people these people know how to tell a fun story. So yeah, I've been playing Starfield. Like I said, only about seven or eight hours in. Um, I definitely see a lot of like the criticism. So the I the biggest gripe for me is that there are loading screens between doing everything. Mm. And you have to go into menus for pretty much everything. And when you land on a world, there's no map. Like there is a map if you want to go in, but there's just no... And I don't know if it's something that later I'll unlock and I can start like mapping things myself. Who knows? But when you open up a map on a planet, you see a couple of the locations, but that's all. Everything else is like just dots as though there's nothing else there. You just see the location, but like you don't know if there's a river or anything. Like there's literally zero things on this map other than like the relation to where something is in relation to where you are. And yeah, if you want to go, so if you go into your ship, there's a loading screen. They're very short, but there is a loading screen. So you go into a, your ship and this is on the Xbox Series X and on PC because I played it on both. Um, if you go onto your ship, the loading screen, when you sit down, uh, it'll come up and say, oh, where do you want to go? So then you have to go and you have, to, well, you have to take off, which then is a loading screen into kind of orbit. And then if you want to go to another planet, you have to go into your menu again to select another planet to go to and to land on. And it's just a lot of loading screens, whereas something a lot simpler like No Man's Sky, you are there in the cockpit controlling it from the second you get into your ship. Yeah, it's seamless. It's completely seamless. And if you want to kind of just fly over at low altitude, if you want to go and drive you know, 50 miles away from where you landed, you can just go into, you can set off and just go fly over there and drop down and completely fine. Whereas this just feels very, yeah, and I'm, obviously it's going to be a limitation to the game and, you know, with all their ambition, that there's a reason why that they can't do that. But I don't know, it just takes away from the emotion a bit and it's like, okay, I've got to go into another menu and it makes you less likely to, well, for me, it makes me less likely to go and discover other places on a planet if I've landed already. I guess that the idea they're going for is sort of the infinite space you know you can just keep going and going and exploring as vastly as possible but mm -hmm. then the fact that you're just selecting things from a menu and essentially just teleporting there it kind of makes the world feel a bit smaller i guess yeah and i need to work out if i can um <clears throat> if i can kind of make a list of all the places that i've been and where i need to go and just select that because the moment if i it's what is quite annoying is when you go so there are different areas there's like the planet orbit map that you go into and then you press b to go back into like the solar system map then you press B again to go back into like the universe one, and that's where you can select different, um, uh, different uh, solar systems. However, then once you've come out of that, it's like it's quite zoomed in, and even zooming out doesn't show you like full of everything that you can do. So I don't know; it's just a little bit fiddly, especially on console for that because you have to kind of scroll to the edges, and it's one of those fake mouse. Uh, Oh, things no. on screen for that no i hate that menu yeah, yeah. so it's got that unfortunately i mean bethesda if you're listening you're not but if you were can you add that to your accessibility options your very limited accessibility options mm, please well. stop with the fucking destiny style mouse menu i hate that it's the worst kind of menu i don't dislike it i just dislike it when you have to scroll to the edge of the screen because that just makes it and then you have to move the screen over because it's like well that's a pc menu 
Well, that, that's like, it's mm. a PC menu, yeah. but I'm not using a mouse. Just let me scroll through the options while they're going, mm, because they did all the way that. over. That was originally in Destiny 1, wasn't it? When it wasn't even on PC. Yeah, Destiny, I feel like, feel like popularized that. Mm, um, I remember Deathloop did it as well, and then they changed it and added an option so you could just cycle Oh, I didn't realize the they could do that. Yeah. So there's that. And also, I've been uh, chatting to a journalist who's been playing a bit and getting very, very frustrated. Not and, me. No, a different journalist. <laughs> Much better one. <laughs> no. Wow. Uh, one that got a review copy. No, actually, I don't think they did. So, <clears throat> and he was saying how he'd broken his leg in the game. I didn't even know that was possible. Had no idea how to get there. Had been picking up everything. And it's like, they don't tell you really where to go or where to do anything. At the moment, it's very much a, here you go, go and do some main missions. That's what he told me. However, I, th I think there are these things called activities in there. So you've got different missions. You've got the main quest. You've got some side stuff. You've got the, um, oh, it's like the, the faction quests. Because there are factions in this. And then there's one called activities. And as far as I'm aware, activities don't give you, maybe they give you a little bit of XP, but they're just there like stick a beacon on a planet. Um, which also, by the way, just going back quickly to the bit where I'm like, I wouldn't fly 50 kilometers to get from somewhere outside of my ship. I'm hoping, and don't tell me if it is, but I'm hoping that we unlock something with a ship where you can kind of just do short travel, like the equivalent of like a I bike or a no car. idea, so I that, can't spoil it for you. Okay, that would be quite cool if that does exist, but I'm not sure. We'll see. Fingers crossed. And, um, but yeah, going back to what I was saying, these activities, I think they get, might give you a little bit of XP, but there's no story attached whatsoever. Um, but they are maybe kind of teaching you the basics. So, although they haven't taught you the basics of if you break your leg. And I haven't found like a med bay or anything. Um, so, I feel yeah. like I've got like a million questions to ask you. Ask Well, they're my main gripes about it. Also, the characters look a little bit kind of through you. I mean, that's Bethesda. It is. Like, Bethesda yeah. know how to make environments. Mm -hmm. They do not know how to animate people mm. because everyone's just, it's like that typical Bethesda, you're having a conversation, they're straight on like, yeah, it's still a bit like it's that. It's just, yeah, really robotic. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, so it was like, it's, a lot of menus going out when you're kind of traveling to other planets. Um, a lot of the missions are ticking off. Uh, just like, yeah, Van, I'm, I'm ticking these things off. It's a bit fiddly, especially with some of the, like the weapons. Scrolling, I need to, maybe there's a different menu thing. Like scrolling doesn't scroll through your weapons. Scrolling changes you into like third person or first person or different types of third person. Um, so yeah. But like, despite all of despite all of that, I'm actually really loving it. <laughs> I'm really, really enjoying despite it. Despite that lengthy diatribe on how shit it is. No, they were the they were my gripes. I was like, I'll get the gripes out of the way. I am really enjoying it, and this Why? is. I just like I find the worlds and the characters and the writing is. The writing is so far is interesting enough to keep me interested. I know people have said it's a bit slow to start with. And yeah, that story bit at the beginning might be a little bit slow. But I've just spent four hours, three, four hours doing a side mission. It wasn't even, in fact, I don't even think it's called like a, a side quest. It's called something, I can't remember the name of it. But it was just a side thing where I was helping some guy out <clears throat> in the mining facility. And I needed to work out who'd stolen some mining equipment. And it just involved this really long ish quest where I had to go and apply for a job, do this job so I could hack into a couple of computers, get this guy, this guy some help, find out who had stolen this equipment, track them down, then try and persuade this person from doing something, which I won't spoil. 
And I was just like, this is just completely side stuff, not related to the main story, but I'm totally invested. And it was just written in a really, in a way that didn't make me bored at all. And I was wanting to do the next quest each time. However, and I'm going to, not going to spoil it, but right at the very end, that I felt that there were two ways that it could end. But one of them I couldn't really do, which I guess was the better result of this. I couldn't do because my persuasion skills weren't high enough. Mm. So it's quite interesting that, yeah, I focused on that. However, because my levels, my level was quite low, then there was only really one option that was going to happen. Um, but maybe in a second playthrough, because I've heard people talking about a new game plus, a new game plus stuff that people have got a lot of opinions on. Maybe through there, I'm going to be like, well, I'm going to be a lot higher level at persuasion so I can maybe get them to do something else instead. I mean, that's role playing. And then, and I've also just recently discovered space magic. Well, spoilers. This was in the trailers that was on, but this one thing, well, I've discovered one and I think it was the one that was in, it was the one that's in the trailer and I feel like there's a lot more as well. Um, And I'm not surprised because I feel like the story is incredibly predictable, even just from the trailers. Sure, but don't don't tell me because I'm not. No, no, no. I won't say about it. I just, yeah. I'm not somebody that like I don't like to guess what's going to happen next because I like to be surprised. But like the actual like shooting and combat seems fine, like no issues at all. There's a lot of spread on my bullets, but then I've got like very basic weapons. So maybe as you get higher quality items. Okay. It's going to be a lot better shooting. This was one of my questions. Go on, like, how's the shooting feel? Because I was watching you and it felt like you were aiming, but your bullets were like shooting elsewhere. So is it that? Well, no, not not in a like your bad way. Well, but in a that as well. is it the typical RPG shooter mm. where there's a slight element of RNG, where even though you're aiming like just to make it more RPG and difficult, like you don't quite aim, like the bullets don't mm. quite hit, even though you're aiming properly. I think maybe that's something that is because it's a basic weapon. And I think maybe once you've got some much higher quality weapons, I've got one, I think I've got a weapon that's, because they've got the, you know, the typical color coordination, you've got gray and then it's purple, I think, and then yellow or I don't know. I think it's destiny has ruined me a little bit because they, they put colors in a different, because that was where I based all my kind of loot colors on Mm. is destiny. Whereas um, blue was, yeah, basic green, blue, was it green? Purple. Purple and then yellow. Whereas I think yellow and purple is the other way around in quite a few other games. Right. Um, like legendary and heroic or whatever. So I think and I'm like, actually, I'm just thinking back. I'm like, did I ruin did I get rid of a purple for a yellow when actually it was maybe the other way around? Uh that I should have done. But like, I mean they're the weapon actually no, because those weapons I've anything that's not basic I don't remove. But for me the most difficult part of it, and the, actually I, I I talk about the menus and stuff, but like I've got it down to like I know what I'm doing now. It doesn't bother me at all. It's just a way of oh I need to get there, boom, 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 I can do it now. I'm used to it. The one thing that's a little bit annoying is knowing what weapons and stuff to sell. Hmm. So I've got all these weapons, and I'm like, well, that's higher on one thing and this is higher on another, but do I want I've got room for seven weapons, so do I need a, well, I'm guessing like, oh, I need a long range. I need a short range. Yes, I need a, a machine gun, but also I need like a sniper and a pistol. And these take this ammo. So I don't want these two things because there's a, you know, there's a, an Uzi type gun that uses the same ammo as a pistol or whatever. And so I'm looking at those going like, I mean, these are just basic weapons. So I'm probably going to get rid of them in a couple of hours anyway. But what do I want to keep? What do I want to use? I'm not, I need to sit down and like think which ones are best, but I think maybe what I should do is just go through it, 
get to kind of later on in the game when I'm starting to get some really good weapons and just use the ones that I feel are great. Yeah. And like I said, yeah, ammo's not been completely abundant for me. I've, I've reached a couple of times where I was on my last gun with weapon, like my last ammo type. Um, and I've had to hack people with a, with like a, an axe. But it's, I did switch it down to easy mode on console because I've been playing on PC and then I was switching on to console and I'm like, well, it's probably going to be a bit more difficult with a controller because I'm not used to that. Um, so I switched over to, yeah, to easy mode and it's been fine. Are there other options in combat in terms of maybe being a bit more stealthy or using the environment oh, yeah. or like talking at your way out of combat? Yeah, and I've done that before. I've talked my way out of combat. Like I was, um, I did a little bit of piracy. So Ooh. I went over to a, it's very weird. So I went into a place that was completely new and it was like, oh, there's a merchant ship or something. And I'm like, oh, that's weird because I've only ever seen merchants. Well, it's not weird, but I've only seen merchants on planets. So I thought, okay, I'll go and see what this merchant ship has got, see if I can sell some stuff. And I went over to them and one of the options was a pirate. And it was like, give me all your inventory. <laughs> so I was like, give me all your inventory. Um, and then they then i had like and then they're like sorry i don't quite hear what you say and you then go no give me all your inventory but then you've got to use your persuasion to convince them to do it and yeah it was successful and then they left and i thought oh i'm going to they well i got all their stuff which is great by the way definitely recommend doing a bit of piracy and then they left completely fine they're like oh no please don't you know please leave me alone okay i'll be fine here you go here you go and then they flew off and I thought, oh, they're probably going to go and like report me and I'm going to be in trouble. So I shot their play, their <laughs> ship down, Good. killing them. And everybody on my ship was very, very angry for some reason. Oh, I wonder. Um, and one of them, uh, at least one of them was like, I had to calm them down to be like, you know, please don't be really, really angry. And I managed to do that. And she was like, okay, but next time we're at port, I'm getting off. I was like, okay, right, reload, <laughs> reload, autosave. So I went and did, but then I was like, okay, actually I'll, I'll do it again, but won't kill them because they didn't say, they didn't show any like dislike or hate when I was actually robbing the ship. Okay. But so you only, can rob, but just not kill. Exactly. I think okay. they support you robbing Makes things, uh, which is weird because then I was also doing a side quest where I needed to um, take some contraband and one of my sidekicks was like, you're not going to do that, are you? But apparently, like, you know, holding up a, a merchant ship and stealing all their credits and ship repair bits and all of this was stuff fine. was fine. Yeah, so I went and did the second time and then lost the persuasion. And she's oh, like, no. I'm out of here. Okay, so I was like, okay, well, I'll do it the third time. <laughs> and then the third time I did the persuasion, correct? They gave me everything. But as she was going away, she's like, right, I'm going I'm to report this the second I get off or the second I get to another planet. And I'm like, well, and I'm... your companion said that. No, the uh, the person on the ship said right. when the, this time when they flew away, instead of like, oh, I'm so sorry, oh, please leave me alone. Instead of doing that, they actually left with like, oh, I'm going to report it the next time I'm on a main planet. So far, they haven't because I've been to a main planet and nothing's happened. Um, I don't know because you can go to like bounty areas and pay off your bounties. Mm. So if there is a bounty on me, then I can maybe do that. Uh, it, well, I'll go and inspect it to see if they have reported me. But I didn't shoot them out the sky this time. So how is it for that mm. exploratory role-playing vibe where you can be a pirate, you can be a pirate, or you can do something else? And does it have that sort of Breath of the Wildy type vibe where you can just fly to a planet and you sort of fall down a hole and end up doing a whole quest after that? Have yeah. you have you found that yet? Um, I've not really gone out of my way for these, but there are caves 
And I've heard that there are some caves that are just on like random planets that actually do have quite like a bit of length to them. And uh, you can, yeah, it turns into a mission, but I've not discovered those yet. I've just kind of been sticking to the main story and the odd, and that's to mining side quest. Because I've seen people say like, you want to do a bit of, quite a bit of the main story so that you unlock certain things that will help you. Mm. Like, I think one of them is the space magic. Okay. Which literally, if you play if you play Starfield, you'll get that within your first time playing it if you stick with it for a few hours. First few hours, you get that. Okay. Yeah, I got it like seven hours in, um, but that was me doing that long side quest stuff. Uh, so you could probably get in like three or four. Do you think, listening to you talk about it make, does make me want to play it. And I, it's not the, that I don't. I know that I, I know that I do want to play this game. I have played Skyrim. I've played Fallout 3 and 4. I like Bethesda's games. You to will me, get stressed with the menus, though. Oh, I'm sure. To me, this this definitely feels like Fallout in space. Yeah. And that's not necessarily a bad thing because those games are great. And I think for certain people, they will play this and go, yeah, it's Fallout in space. It's exactly what I wanted. And that's fine. Mm. And I know that to a degree, that alone means that I will like this game and I will enjoy it. I will happily play it. Mm. I just feel like they've... I think Bethesda have hyped it up a lot by saying that like it's this huge space game you can go anywhere be whatever you want to be it's the ultimate space game but i think also because of the situation with xbox and microsoft where they don't really have a lot of good exclusives there's a lot riding on the shoulders of starfield mm. and i feel like that's added so much hype and anticipation that it feels a bit disappointing if it doesn't reach that like 10 out of 10 best game ever vibe and i think that's maybe why some people are getting very angry on the internet Oh my God. Yeah. You don't even get me started on that. There was, yeah, there's somebody, I mean, I just uh, tweeted earlier because I found somebody literally like losing their shit on, uh, yeah, oh, it's been quote tweeted and retweeted a few times. Um, yeah. <laughs> somebody losing their shit, like really for over two minutes, just ranting and screaming because uh, they wanted to get lost in an RPG. And apparently there are, um, there are, well, there are pronouns. You can choose your pronouns in this. Oh, and that stops you getting lost. Well, apparently, because this is new world, this is new real age uh, BS, apparently. Um, Fucking deal with it, mate. But no, some replies were like, oh, that was something. Uh, wish he'd, <laughs> My favourite donor, Donor Tart, replied with, wish he'd put this energy into getting an iron. <laughs> 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 Which is uh, brilliant. Um, and then, yeah, Ju Julia Hardy replied, oh, so you can travel the entire universe, meet people from cultures as far reaching as the stars, but God forbid you have to answer one question at the start to make another player have a more comfortable experience. Exactly. The thing is, like, they don't... Obviously, like, yeah, your, your pronouns and stuff, yeah, people have somehow polit have, like politicised that. Um, but, like, genuinely, when you're creating the game, it's like, do you what body type do you want? Do you want to change? So, like, that's just to help the game refer to you as a pronoun that you want. So, I mean, maybe you have a slightly let's say, feminine presenting body, you can have that in the game, but you can still be a guy. It's like, that's... Just let just... people be who they want to be. <laughs> like, it's just... Like, in a game or in real life, mm. just let people be who I they want to be. Genuinely. And it's... I mean, I think that those tweets are just a pure grift, and I, I'm partly to blame for, uh, you know, bringing that to people's attention and giving that person more of a platform, but it... But it I, also shows how ridiculous people are. Yeah, but I'm like, is uh, they're probably just doing that for money. They're just doing it for the views because they know that the simple people that watch those and love these reactions and, and go, yeah, very brilliant. They're the people that give them, you know, $10,000 a month from Probably. their views. So, yeah, I'm, 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 yeah. But anyway, character creation. Yeah. How was that? 
great. It's really good. I made a really old man with a big mustache. In fact, he looked a little bit like um, Sam. We brought up him up recently in uh, the Star Wars Born and like a bunch of Westerns. What's his name? Sam Tarry or something like that. Or, no, somebody else. I don't know who you're talking about. You know, the guy with the mustache. Talks like this and I'm a cowboy. It's quite old. Gray hair, white hair, mustache. He's in the Star is Born. You know him. He's really famous. Do I? Yes, yes, yes. Uh, isn't he called Sam? Sam Elliott. Who? You know Sam Elliott. Show me his face. 100% you know him. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, he's familiar. I made him a little bit in kind of someone a bit like him in the game. It was meant to be Einstein, uh, but we decided to make him a bit of a hot daddy and he turned out to be Sam Elliott. And Coincidence? I did that. And then the second my stream finished, I went and Googled how to change your appearance and did that. And I changed my appearance. I've changed my, well, pronouns stayed the same, but I changed my entire appearance into a young kind of Cal Kestis-esque um, from Star Wars Jedi Survivor and Fallen Order. He looks a bit like him, uh, but with slightly less ginger hair. Basic. Yeah, well, I'm, I like basic. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so I, I did that. I also changed his name. Like, you can change everything. You can't change their backstory because I guess that's affected. Obviously, that affects the game. Yeah. Um, which is weird because then I based his backstory as like this old hauler. Like that's my job was a hauler for ages. But like if I had done it now, maybe I'd have been a somebody else, a different like a pirate. But maybe I'll save mm. that for a second playthrough or whatever. Um, but yeah, no, I've yeah. You can change your name. You can change your appearance. I wonder if changing your name and appearance does anything in the game. Like if you've got bounties after you. I don't think so because it only costs you five hundred credits. Otherwise, everybody would just keep doing that. Yeah, that's true. Um, but yeah, so well, I didn't know where I was going. But character customization, yeah, you can make a lot of cool characters. And somebody did um, come into the chat. I think it was might have been Iona was saying that you, there aren't many women like female haircuts of hair um hairstyles oh, okay. it's mainly male hairstyles in the game oh which is disappointing yeah maybe they'll they look at the wanna... people that play bethesda games I'm really, like... <laughs> yeah i'm really tempted to just play the opening like start of it just to create a character yeah. just because i want to see what the character creation looks oh i like, like it and you can make a hot character because you know some character creations and you look at it and go the Everyone's worst ugly the worst was gta online i remember i, I played no, no, no. made a character in gta online and every single one looked like i mean maybe that was what it was meant to be like but it, every character was just hideous i feel like the worst for that is actually mass effect okay i have never seen a hot custom shepherd male or female okay like the the default ones both mm. look brilliant and i feel like custom ones like i tried to make mm. one and he just ended up looking really ugly and you, at you'd make joysticks it. on twitter if wow. you want to send your pictures of your custom <laughs> shepherds <laughs> um prove him wrong but, but also it's that thing where you can't change their appearance. So you'd start the game and think, yeah, okay, I think they look hot. And then you'd go into the actual game mm. and, and see them in cutscenes and go, nope, restarting, do it all again. I did that about five times and then just gave up being like, Shepard's ugly, deal with it. Yeah, I was like that. I think it was Final Fantasy fourteen. The lips in the character creator are a lot, look a lot darker than they are in the real game. So mm. I did it. I created my character, looked great. And then in the main game, he had like lipstick on. Great. And I was like, okay, I'm going to have to pay 2,000 credits or whatever it is to go and change this. Nice. Um, but yeah. So, any more questions? More questions. Final, my final question, because okay. we don't want to spend the whole time on Starfield. Well, and this is. We can do that later on, maybe, if we both played it. A well, look, bit. we probably will have both played it by next time. And this is maybe a question for next week. But one of the criticisms has been that the opening is really boring and that it only gets going after 12 hours. 
And that is disappointing to me because mm. from the three other Bethesda games I've played, the openings are all really good. Mm. Skyrim starts with a massive dragon attack that's iconic. Fallout 3 starts with you as a baby and you it's you growing up in the vaults yeah. and deciding who your character is going to be, which is great. And then Fallout 4 starts with you... Um, before the actual, mm. I mean, I remember this. Spoilers, but I mean, it's the beginning of the game. Yeah. Um, before the fallout, and you see the bomb, and you're like rushing to the vault to to escape from it. I remember um, that bit. That was a bit that got that got me into it. Yeah, then, exactly. Yeah. So the openings are all really really cool. Now I saw the opening of Starfield or a video of it at Gamescom mm. because they were showing it to the public. We got an early viewing as journalists, so I watched the beginning. So I know what it is. You start mining, and then you discover something, and then you that's have a clash kind of, of it. the origin of the universe and all this stuff yeah yeah so but that's kind of it and it yeah. just looked a bit meh and a bit gray and boring and i as everyone has said like it gets going the more you get into it and the further yeah. you get have you found that did you find this beginning boring have you found that it's got better over time i found that bit a little bit boring but i had like you get other quests to do like they start giving you a bunch of quests so i've been Yes, I've been following the main quest, but also I did that mining thing. So I've been doing it. I've been like doing a little bit of exploring at the same time that has kept it quite interesting. And then going to do the main quest when I've just been in the mood to do it. So there's another side. There was not even a side quest, really. I went, well, actually, I went to get my appearance changed and I started chatting to the guy. And it was like the fourth option of things to talk about. And I just mentioned it. And I was like, oh, you, it must be weird, like having people coming in here, changing their appearance. How do you help, you know, protect people's privacy? And he's like, well, funny you should mention that. I've like lost a card with loads of people's data and everything, but it's fine. And I'm like, mm, that doesn't sound fine at all. Nope. Um, and he's like, I know, I know. Actually, yeah, I'm really deep shit. And these are the places that I've been. And it was really close by. I just had a little wander around these three places. In the second place, I found it, gave it back to him. And it was just like, and that was it. Like I had some XP, actually. I think I leveled up from that. It wasn't, uh, it, was gen it was pretty generous. Just that kind of thing has made it not boring at all. It's just made it more realistic to kind of wander around and just get chatting with people. It's the little mini stories. Yeah, and there's loads of mini stories that you can just go and chat to people about. And every character is three-dimensional and not just in, well, they're not because we look at their face and it's like that, 2D. But like they've all got backstories from what I'm aware. Like obviously there's some will just be like citizen and mm. they just have a quote. But a lot of the people, especially in like a random hover uh, a random spaceport bar like one of three bars you'll start talking to the bar woman and she's like oh yeah i don't really do everything here it's my it's the owner who does it who's the guy behind and she starts talking about him and then you can talk to him and he's a totally different personality and it's i don't know just that kind of stuff i've really really loved and maybe i should and maybe people can be like you need to play other bethesda games because that's what they're like and maybe i do but it's that kind of thing has made it much more entertaining for me. And there was one mission, like it's at the very beginning, so feel free, but it was terrifying. There was a beginning bit and people in the chat were watching it uh, was while I was streaming it and were like, is this alien isolation? Because <laughs> you needed to do three things. What was it, four? You had to do three or four things on in a facility at night to turn these lights on while this giant apex predator thing is hunting you down at the same time oh dear and it was like it, I, I did it actually fine um it wasn't and it's weird because you had to lure them into a place to be shot but my weapons were doing more damage than these like turrets and stuff that were going on so save your ammo yeah 
Um, but that was really terrifying. And there were people in the chat, I think, who were like, this is like, it's become a horror game now. So that bit, and that was one of the main quests, because then it kind of, it's like, how did this thing appear here? Why is it here? Why have the, why is it just randomly attacking this small place? And that's going to be part of a story that goes on and on and on, I guess. Um, but I think at the beginning, it does start giving you some new companions. So you've got the missions associated with those companions that are a little bit slow at the start. Um, there's one I've got to do, but I don't want to because I really don't like the companion. Well, I don't like the companion's <laughs> kid. Because the kid was coming along and I'm like, well, my first question was, why are we bringing a kid aboard? This is a dangerous mission. Yeah, fair. And uh, her dad got very upset at me and was like, how dare you say that? Tough uh, shit. Yeah. And so I've got to go on a mission with him. Or his like mission to is get him on the... cowboy one? Yeah. And yeah, I mean, slightly attractive. Can you romance? Probably. But he's got a kid. Well, she'll grow up and move out. Yeah, I guess. Well, I wonder if... No. I wonder if you could, like, remove the kid from the equation. Leave them somewhere. I don't think the game would allow you to do that. No, that's true. That's true. Everybody would dislike that. Yeah. Um, but no, I mean, there's accidents happen. <laughs> wow, in, in the game. Wow, Ben. We've got to killing children now, have no, we? No, I didn't. I just said, like, leaving them on a planet or okay, something. Okay, sure, sure. Because do they? Does she count as an Leave extra? In an orphanage. Does she count? Mm, I don't think she counts as an extra character. Maybe she grows up and then later, you know, becomes good. Anyway, um, but yeah, that's that. Any more questions? But like, so, yeah, so far, I wouldn't. Say, for me, it's not been that boring. Okay, it's not been completely wow. Like, oh, this is a roller coaster. Like some games are, you know, like Prey, or mm. you said like Fallout Four, or other games that just completely wow you immediately at the start. It's not got one of those, which is a little bit disappointing but then sometimes if you have that and then it's a bit of a lull you feel a bit meh so it's not had that yet yeah i mean my feeling on bethesda games is that they they're really good at making worlds and then filling those worlds with small stories and discoveries but i feel like they struggle with giving you a purpose to be in that world i.e the main quest a bit shit so i'm like i'm remembering for instance Fallout 3 and the main quest for that isn't actually that long and I mean I'll spoil it for you mm. the story basically is about creating fresh water and so all you do is go through a handful of missions like you're you're on a quest to follow your dad but it turns out your dad's found some technology to purify water and so you then have to basically just purify the water supply in order to live and that's the story and wow. it's a bit like ugh, okay but then if you just wander off, you'll like discover a building and then inside the building is a vault and then you go into the vault and like everyone's dead and you're like, why is everyone dead? And it's the environmental storytelling of doing that. Mm. That I think is where they excel mm. is those sorts of short stories and environmental storytelling and creating a compelling world. And that's what they're doing for me so far. Which is cool. My, I guess my worry with Starfield is that how do you contain that kind of storytelling when it's in space? Because spread across it's a thousand so big, planets, yeah. it's spread out. You know, there, there's, I guess, these pre-rendered planets versus the handcrafted ones. How do you balance that kind of content and make it compelling and sort of tightly knit enough, but also broad enough that it still represents space? Yeah. And I think maybe that has been their challenge in creating it. And for me, when I come to play it, that's going to be my sort of litmus test, I guess, is is understanding if they've managed to achieve that. 
But so, it's also a game where you can just completely relax and you don't necessarily have to go into these places and have a, a in-depth story. You can go and just do some exploration. Go to a random planet, which I did actually. Um, in fact, that's where I found the merchant ship because I was about to go and just... I was like, you know, I'm just going to go and discover it and stick a beacon down because that's one of my activities that I have to do. Um, but also you can go to these planets and the ones that you can land on, you can just do some like research and um, you can scan. So you scan the different animals, scan the biomes, and you scan the uh, the uh, materials that are there, the resources. So you go and scan those, and then you can you get these like plates or whatever they call like scanning module plates, and then you or whatever they called reports, scanning report, reports, and then you can sell them to Vladimir, um, and then you can go and give them to him to sell. So you can go just go and do that, and that gets you some credits. Um, didn't give me as many as I thought it would, so I don't know if I'm going to do that a lot. But it's also good because you go onto these planets and you get resources um that'll then help you in various ways okay. so yeah because like one of the mining things i had to do and the reason why it took a little bit longer for a few hours was i needed to get 10 chunks of iron so i'm like okay go and find a planet go and scan a planet where's the iron on this planet because it'll tell you like in this location there's a lot of iron so you go there um and then you can just go and wander and, and try and find some but and then while i'm there i'm scanning the animals there's some that are hostile some that aren't there's plants there are areas that will, and then there's like the odd cave that will just be like unexplored cave, um, which I've been in one. I don't think there was anything in there that killed me, but it was quite pretty in it. And I got, and there was a chest. So there were, they're just these like little things that you can come across. But I think those mini stories and stuff might be at the places that they know people are going to visit. Yeah, exactly. So. Exactly. So this is you for a little while. I think so, yeah. I'm going to be definitely streaming some later today, which is because we're recording this on uh, on Sunday. Um, and probably, yeah, it's going to be one of those games I just pick up and play a little bit. And I'm used to it now on Xbox because normally a, a first-person shooter does not do anything for me. Mm. Um, like on a, on a console with a controller, I don't find that easy. But I've actually been okay with it. It just took a little bit of time. And I've switched it down to easy, which makes it a lot less stressful and you can also play it in third person as well which i will probably do because they don't run as well but at least you get to look at your character yeah that you spent hours thing is, when making. you're in third person when you're in a quite a closely confined space like the mining area on mars where i was when you're it puts you really close to the camera even if you've got the furthest out version of the third person so i found myself being like my character is taking up half of the screen because i'm running up these stairs which are quite close so i think it's first person might be good in like settlements and things. Mm. Um, but if you want to do third person when you're out exploring, that's that probably is, makes sense. Yeah. I'm going to I'm going to give it a go. I think within the next week. Also, get your boost in early because I didn't. And one of the options, one of the things. So I think you get a boost power. Or you get like a, boost a sort pack. of gravity, like jetpack thing. Yeah, a jetpack kind okay. of boost. And I think you then have to enable, but you get it and then you have to enable it in a skill you have to unlock it with a skill um which i didn't for a little while i think i was like level eight when i did it and i was like oh actually this is really useful okay. i wasn't having problems like top with tip there from i ben. wasn't having pla problems like with platforming or anything but just having that little extra boost when you're jumping just gives you a bit more distance and a bit more speed i guess mm. yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna give it a little test in the next week because i want to create a character i want to see what that's like and maybe play through the opening but i feel like i might just put it on the back burner for a little while hmm. i feel like because it's such a big game i want to immerse myself in it when i know i've got time and right now i've got about eight games on the go which are 
mostly long RPGs and I do not have time to start another one right yeah. now. So I might come back to it later. Yeah, because I've also, speaking of RPGs, moving on from Starfield, I've been playing a little bit of Sea of Stars. However, you have been playing a lot of Sea of Stars. I was going to say, I have been playing another RPG with Star in the name. Let me know. So I just got 50 notifications. Ooh. I think All it's right. from that Starfield we're just, person. We're just recording No, I want to make sure that yeah. I'm not being... Uh, You're not missing anything major right now. I'm not uh, getting people... Yeah. Just getting... Is it positive press? Well, no, I don't want to be like someone's calling me at like some random big account has shit on me and I'm now needing to lock my account. Um, no, it's actually... Uh, oh, the divorce must be going well for him. <laughs> for the guy that was, you know, losing his... Uh, losing his shit, but... Yeah, that's... Okay, great. Sorry about that. Are you ready, man? Where was I? Yeah, you, you keep well, going. Where was I? Yeah, where were you? You were meant to be listening. Sorry, I'm listening now. Sea of Stars. Another RPG with star in the sea name. Sea of Stars. No, let's not sing that. Um, some might say the superior RPG with star in the name, but I couldn't possibly say that because I haven't ah, played no, Starfield. No, that's Stardew. Wow. Um, sea of Stars is a retro-style RPG. It is 16-bit pixel art. And it's just pure comfort. It is nostalgia. It's stunning. I love it. I absolutely love it. Um, I'm a big RPG fan. I've played quite a few older RPGs from that era. And this is just cherry picking all the best bits. It's bits of Mario RPG. It's bits of Chrono Trigger. It's bits of Old Final Fantasy. It's bits of Old Zelda. It's just all of those games put together as one. And I love that. And... That does make it, on the one hand, a little bit derivative, and it makes it very stereotypical in terms of its setting, its characters, what it's doing. But I sort of love that about it. It's not trying to be super original. It's trying to appeal to people's nostalgia, and it absolutely does, because it's just done so well. It is literally the best bits from those games put together, which I love. Um, the story is about these two... I guess twins, but not really. Um, solstice warriors. Uh, the guy is the sun and the girl is the moon. And they have different magic um, relating to the sun and the moon. They have companions with them. They go on a big journey, RPG quest thing. Um, the world is these different islands in a sea. Funny that. Hmm. Um, and there's lots of stuff about the sun and the moon and the eclipse. And that's how where magic comes from and things like that. Um I'll be on the story did immediately grip me because I was interested in the concept. I the more I play it, the more I'm seeing some limitations to it, I will say. Um literally the first couple of hours I was like, I am obsessed with this. This is potentially one of my games of the year. I'm a, I'm obsessed. Mm. And I feel like the story is actually moving quite slowly, which is worrying me considering I think it's only about 20 odd hours long mm. and I'm currently about 12 hours in. And the story is not moving as quickly as I would like it to, which worries me that I feel like there's actually not as much to it as I would like there to be. I, so I'm, I'm worried a little bit about pacing and a little bit about balance. It's, it's really, really easy as a game. And then it will suddenly throw a really hard encounter at you. But that encounter will be just a random... Well, they're not random encounters because you can see them in the world. But it will be a regular encounter mm. that will suddenly be really difficult. You've got like four enemies out of nowhere. Yeah, but... So, so it has um, this interesting little break system in the, in the combat. I guess I'll explain the combat system. It's turn-based. 
And like Mario RPG, you have to hit the different button prompts to do extra damage. So just as you're about to hit, you press a button to do extra damage. Yeah. Or when you're about to be hit, you can do that to defend. And then there are different versions of that for special attacks, like holding down a button and things like that. So it works like a Mario RPG game, which is really fun. Then there's a break system. So at certain points, an enemy will be building up to a big attack. And then it comes up with certain symbols which relate to different types of attack or different types of magic. And if you hit them with those, with that combination, yeah, it doesn't it have to breaks, be. It that, breaks the attack. It doesn't have to be that order, though, does it? No, no, no. It, it can be any like, order. I was like, great, because you can choose the order that you attack with your yeah. characters. So you have to break them as long as you're hitting them with those attacks within the time limit of the number of turns. You break them and it stops the attack. But it feels like it's quite random as to when those pop up and what yeah. they will be. And some enemies have some really strong attacks. And if you're not very careful, you can get your party wiped out quite easily in just a regular battle. Which is really frustrating to me when the rest of the game is really easy. Like, I'll talk about another game in a minute that is very difficult. But when I know a game is going to be difficult, I don't mind being beaten even though it's frustrating mm. when a game is easy and I'm like sailing through it and then I suddenly get stuck. That frustrates me 10 times more. Chained echoes. Yeah. All this. Mm. Um, but you stuck I've, at the moment. No, no, no. But then I've done bosses and the bosses have been really easy. And I'm like, these are meant to be like climactic moments. And I feel like I've sailed through them a bit. So I feel like the balance isn't quite right. And I feel like the pacing isn't quite right in that the story feels quite slow. But I've also, I feel like I've actually explored quite a lot of the world already. And the areas you go to can be quite long. So you will go through a dungeon area or just a regular area doing battle and exploring. It feels like it's a little bit dragged out. It's still really fun. The environments are beautiful. I am obsessed with the music. Oh my God, you were playing it and I was in here. I think I was, I what, can't remember what I was playing or doing, but I was just listening to the music and... It's the level up music is the best, isn't it? Oh, the level up music is an absolute bop. Mm. Um, some of the music, not all of it, but some of it is written by the composer of Chrono Trigger. So that's also why it's good because Chrono Trigger has incredible music. But it's like old school, it's like old fashioned music. Yeah, it's, it's like just chip tune music. Yeah, chip tune, but it's I don't know, it's just very so unique. Catchy. But it's yeah, it's unique to Sea of Stars. Like you know that that's Sea of Stars, even though it is old chip tune. Chip tune, it just yeah. it feels very very kind of magical, kind of. Yeah, otherworldly stars. Yeah. Yeah. It's very melodic based. So it's very, very, very catchy tunes. Mm. Um, and yeah, the level up music is a bob. So yeah. yeah, it's got all the stuff that I absolutely like. I just think that the more I play it, the more I feel like some bits were a bit dragged out. And essentially, I think it's so good that I would I could easily play this for 100 hours and be obsessed with it. But it's about 20. And I'm just a bit concerned that it's a bit shorter than I'd like. And that the story isn't quite going to the places that I thought it might, which is oh. maybe a touch disappointing, but I've heard that it still has like super bosses and secrets and side quests. I just haven't unlocked a lot of that at the point that I'm at. So maybe the world will open up a bit. In a yeah. Bit. Don't we'll worry see. about what's going to happen. Just yeah. Enjoy the ride. And enjoy I am massively enjoying it. It, it is yeah. genuinely a phenomenal game. If you like RPGs and especially if you grew up playing RPGs, you have to play this game. And it's on Game Pass. It's on PS Plus. I think this is the first game ever to be released simultaneously day one on PS Plus and Games mm. Pass. Game Pass. Um, I'm playing it on Switch. It's also on PC. 
It probably runs really well on a Steam Deck, I imagine. Um, yeah, I think it is. It's it's quite dark. The visuals are great, but it's quite dark. And I was getting annoyed because even on the TV screen, I was struggling to see things. And then I realized you can up the brightness in the options. Mm. So it's actually not a problem at all. <laughs> Good. Um, but yeah, Sea of Stars, it is, it's genuinely a really phenomenal game. Also, our TV adjusts. Probably. Um, so yeah, it might have had an effect. So yeah, I'm having a great time. I will... I'm going to try and finish it in the next week because I just, I'd really like to tick off a game. I've started so many games recently that are all really long RPGs. Yeah, we need to tick off games that we might be talking about in our Game of the Year podcast. Yeah. Like the end. And I think Sea of Stars will be that. I think Starfield might be up there if it continues yeah, true, like it true, is. True. So. so for me, I've had like Baldur's Gate 3, Tears of the Kingdom, Octopath Traveler, all 100 hour RPGs. Sea of Stars is a much more concise experience. So I kind of just mm. want to push through it and tick it off and be done with it. Not to get it out of the way, but also to get it out of the way. But I'm I'm loving it. So I, I want to finish it. So I will hopefully give you next week a final verdict. Good. We will see. And I'll be playing it as well at some point. So it will be a spoiler-free verdict. There we go. By the way, first thing I just totally forgot to mention in Starfield before we move on to uh, another to a difficult game you're playing. The voice acting is brilliant. I was talking about all the characters and stuff and all that. Like, the writing is brilliant, but the voice acting is like absolutely stellar. And it's got, it's pretty much a who's who of incredible voice actors as well. It's Tommy Earl Jenkins? Jones? I think one of them is in Men in Black and the other one isn't. Uh, Tommy Earl Jones is in Men, Men in Black. It's Jenkins. I think it's Tommy Jen Tommy Earl Jenkins. The um, My God, what does he play? He I think he is in a few other... Well, let me... If I type in voice actors Starfield... The, one of my favorite is the person who Sarah. plays Sarah. Um, now, Sarah, she plays Emily. O She's called her real name. She goes by is Emily O'Brien or Brian. She plays Sarah Morgan. She is the voice actor behind Ishtola in the A Realm Reborn Final Fantasy 14 before they changed all the voice actors for, for the expansions. So she's in Final Fantasy 14 as Ishtola. And she's also Amelie and young Bridget in Death Stranding, one of my favorite games. Who are your favorites? Then? I was like, you know what? You are incredible. Um, but she, yeah, she's in there. But also there's, um, da -da -da, who's Damien Haas? Right. One second, let me go for, there's another person. Wait, who is, I don't want to say someone's name and it's not I love them. I speaking in sentences. Sent I don't know. I can't read and do these things. I'm pretty sure... Tommy, maybe he's a secret character. Wait, a adoring fan is played by someone. I'm trying to like look at the people that we'd recognize, um, but I can't find right now. So where is Tommy? Because he was definitely in one of them and he is the voice in, because he's been popping into people's streams that were playing a certain game and I can't remember what it was because he plays a major character. Um, one second. You've had a few. Yeah, well, tell me, tell us something interesting. Well, shall I speak about another game and we'll come back to this once you've done some research? Uh, no, because I'm going to find it now. Okay. Uh, it is Tommy Earl Jenkins. You were right. And Tommy Earl Jenkins plays someone called Aaron Scott. And I don't know if I've got to them yet. But yeah, Tommy Earl Jenkins. So this really famous person that you can't quite remember the name <laughs> plays a character that you haven't met yet. But some people might consider this a who's who of voice acting. Oh, God. He's Die Hardman in Death Stranding. That's where I know him from. Of course he is. So it's basically just the Death Stranding cast in Starfield. I, I think that's why I love it. I think that's why well, I really like it. there we go. It. 
We've 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 worked it out, everyone. Is anybody else? Is um, it's not Nolan North in there, is it? It's uh, the other one, the tall one, the one that you met. Oh, Troy well, Baker. Troy Baker, yeah. It's always Troy Baker and Nolan North. They're like the same. Oh, he's probably person. in Starfield somewhere. I'm sure he is. If Troy Baker's in there, then it's like. I need to hunt down all the Death Strand. What isn't he in? I need a ship that's just full of Death Stranding characters. Oh, right. Game of the year. I'm not even joking. <laughs> I am <laughs> very much joking. Yeah, the voice acting is is phenomenal, especially Lucy O'Brien. Lucy O'Brien? That's what I said, yeah. I'm the worst with names. I don't think you did say that, but there we go. Anyway. Sarah, Sarah the voice actor for Sarah. Brilliant. I've played a different game this week. So basically, we went to Gamescom last week, and then I came back, and I had two games waiting for me. Um, both of which are giving me retro vibes in slightly different ways. So we've had Sea of Stars was one, and the other one is Armored Core 6. Now, I've never played an Armored Core game before, so this is my first, but Armored Core is a really old From Software series that they made way before Dark Souls. So... This is a return to this old series now that they're big and famous. Mm. So this is giving Armored Core way more press and way more attention than it would have had previously because of Dark Souls and Elden Ring and everything else. And people have been basically saying, is this going to be a Souls-like game? It's absolutely not a Souls-like game. I can categorically tell you that now. Um, it's still really, really fucking hard. I heard. Also true. Um, it is a mech game. So you have your, your armored core, which is your mech, which you can customize a lot. And you go out into sorties missions and you shoot a lot of other mechs. And that's the game. Is there a person, really hard. Is there a person inside the mech? There is. You are a person oh, inside the okay. mech. Controlling it. And it's sort of giving me PS2 vibes. And for a couple of reasons, partly because... Like I said, this is my first Armored Core game, mm. but it originated on PS1. There were quite a few on PS2, and then it's come out on 3 and There are elsewhere. so many of them, there aren't there? There are so many Armored Core games. Um, this is only the sixth mainline, but each each one of those main games has then had direct sequels and spin-offs. So each, um, each of the mainline games is almost like a reboot of the, mm. of the series in a way, from what I understand. I might be wrong, from what I understand. So because we've had quite a few PS2 Armored Core games, this to me feels very PS2 with a lick of paint, which to me gives the impression that it is very authentic to the rest of the series. I think it plays very similarly to previous games. And part of that is because it's just very, very minimalist. Everything is done through menus. So the story... There are very few cutscenes as such. The cutscenes is just you flying off to go to a mission. That's literally it. Mm. Other than that, all the story is just done through messages. That's a, it's just a voiceover on top of a menu. And you, you customize your mech through a menu. You go to a menu to choose your mission. You get given a briefing, which is just someone talking over a menu. And then you go to your mission. Mm. And some of the missions are literally two minutes long. Some of them are... 10 minutes if there's a boss. I was about to say, because in the original ones, they didn't have bosses, did they? I think they, well, I think they might have had sort of boss encounters, but not in the way that this game does it. Mm. 
So it's essentially just, it's mission-based. It's not a big open world. It's mission-based, lots and lots of short missions, which seem to reuse a lot of assets. It does look quite pretty. Yeah. Um, and there are certain moments where the lighting kicks in. You're like, okay, this is a really good looking game. But I feel like it's very samey. It's mm. lots of mining facilities and metal and snow. And it's everything about the game is cold and clinical, which sort of means it lacks a bit of soul. But that's also the point. See what I did there? But that's also the point because it's a mech game and it's about yeah. robots. So it feels that, like it ha- that is the style. It feels like of the it game. knows its style very, yeah. very well. So it it it's not it's not cold and clinical in a in a boring, there's not enough heart to this game. It's done in a way that this is the point of the game because it's just you in this cold, desolate world with these different um for, I can barely understand the story, I'll be honest, because it's 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 very much tell, don't show when it should be show, don't tell. Mm. So it's just telling you what the story is without giving you cutscenes and explaining things. So it's just constantly telling you, like, there are these different warring factions and warring corporations that sell you different mech parts and then mm. you go and destroy people from them. And it's just all very cold and clinical. But you can also ignore all of that and just enjoy the combat. And the combat is fucking brilliant because it's a FromSoft game so of course they know how to do combat it's not soulsy but there are elements of souls soulsy type stuff in there so the combat director in this game also did the combat in Sekiro so Mm. that has had a bit of an influence in the sense of there is a stagger meter so the more that you stagger enemies it builds up the meter and then they, they, they become staggered and then they take double damage so a lot of the combat is around working out which weapons will stagger your enemies or the bosses at least the quickest mm. so that you can then do loads of damage. They've also added in melee swords. You also have shields. So you can literally use the sword and shield with it if you really want. Mm. I haven't used a, a shield because no, mm. I want to I want to be quick. and I want to fly around. Swords are really, really powerful in this game. So a lot of it is around using your missiles and guns to stagger enemies and then you can press a click in the left stick to dive in forwards and then swipe them with a sword swipe. Um, and that's a really good strategy in general. Do you do that accidentally? Because I'm somebody that grips the controller quite tightly. It's and, quite easy to do that. Yeah I, yeah, I saw somebody else was like, they're a tight gripper yeah. and they're just screwing up all People the time. People moaned about that. But if you're at quite a big distance away mm. from an enemy, you can click the stick and you go shooting forwards and then you can flick left and right. So it's like you're flying, bam, bam, I bam, think, dodge, smack. Was it, which feels so good to do. Was it Kenner that did that? If you, if you pushed in the stick, it slammed down. Because I swear I used to... I, I did not play enough of that oh, game to tell you. <laughs> I swear that's one of the reasons why I kept dying constantly on this uh, parkour bit at the end. Sure. Yeah. Let's blame the controls. Um, so it's got that element, which is essentially from Sekiro. And that adds a little bit of soulsiness to it. But it's it's all about flying around all over the place. You know, your mech can fly mm. as long as you've got energy. So it's about... There's a lot of management in this game, which... At, at first feels very overwhelming mm-hmm. and then once it clicks it becomes second nature so you are managing your energy you're managing your health obviously mm-hmm. you're managing your energy which is how much you can boost which is almost like your um stamina i guess in a way in a souls game so you can hover up in the air to fly great distances or you can boost to dodge around enemies but if you just keep doing that you'll you'll run out of energy you can also be staggered yourself. 
So you've got to make sure you're not taking too many hits at once. Um, and then you've got to manage your your ammo and your reloading. So the way you custom you can customize your ship in tons of ways. It's it's your four weapons, which relate to the four shoulder buttons. So R1, R2, L1, L2. And you get different weapon types on those. So essentially R2 and L2, I did that the other way if you're watching, um, are your left and right hands. And then the the bumper buttons are your shoulders. So your hands tend to be guns, shields, mm. swords, and your shoulders tend to be like missile weapons and lock-on plasma things and whatever else. And there are different ammo types. So some are laser weapons, some are plasma, some are bombs, mm. and they do different types of damage. So you have to work out which which weapons you want to use against the enemies and in what combination. And then they all have different reload times, which you can think of like a cooldown. So if you think of it like you would in, say, Final Fantasy XIV, you've got your different attacks and weapon and magic attacks. They're all on a cooldown. This essentially works the same way. It's just that it's reloading rather than a, rather than a cooldown. Mm. So you've got to work out, well, what's the best timing to use a weapon so that you can stagger it effectively, but then not, you know, you're not waiting on a cooldown yeah. um, before you then, you know, uh, once they're staggered. Um, and then you can manage your your feet, um, your legs, and there's different different types. So do you want like um, treads, like a like, like a, tank, a tank, yeah, or do you want four legs or two lightweight legs? Do you want big shoulders to carry more weapons, but then you're heavier? What kind of core do you want, which manages your energy? I saw somebody refer to it as less like a, a skill based game and more of like a loadout game. Yeah, it's it's about builds. Um, customizing your mech is a huge part of this, and in some ways that makes it that's a bit of a relief because that and i think that's a big way that this differentiates itself from souls games mm. so souls games you choose your class at the beginning and that kind of dictates your playstyle you can obviously choose different weapons and you can change your stats and you can change things up along the way but ultimately it's dictating are you more of a melee build and is that fast or tanky or are you more magic and that will determine how you approach bosses. And so therefore it becomes a case of your skill to beat the boss in terms of understanding patterns and understanding your class and how to play as that class. Armored Core, you can change all that up all the time purely by the parts that you have. So you can literally switch between tread legs or lightweight legs and that will determine are you slow and tanky or are you really quick and dodgy? Mm. And that's just changing one part. So you can constantly mix and match all your parts together to change your strategy. And if you, can you, because there's no leveling, is there? There's no like grinding for leveling to get like extra HP. There's stuff. no leveling, but you get money at the end of yeah. a mission. So every mission will have a certain amount of base pay. And then de depending on how many enemies you kill, mm. you will get more pay because it's, you know, re rewarding you for, for killing more yeah. enemies. But that also means that you expend more ammo and maybe you risk dying more and you use more health items and that will then deduct from your pay. So the idea is you have to complete the missions by killing as many enemies with as little ammo as you can and by dying as, as little as possible um, to get as much money. Yeah. But you can replay old missions to get more money. And if you do that with better weapons, you're more likely to get more pay. Yeah. So essentially you can grind for money, which allows you to buy more parts which then gives you more options. So then when you get to a boss, which 
as you said, there is definitely skill involved. Mm -hmm. There is skill in understanding the patterns and dodging at the right time and shooting at the right time, all of that. But you can massively change your chances by changing your build. And you want to have as many different parts as possible that you've bought so you can change up your loadout. So people have found this game really, really hard. And I have also struggled with it. There are a couple of bosses that have been really notorious. The first boss at the end of the first level is fucking hard. Part of me wants to play just that to see if I can do it. But the thing is, in typical Soulsy from software fashion, the reason it's hard is to teach you the basics. Because once you understand that, you understand how to play the game. So the reason it's hard is because it's this helicopter that's flying around and it shoots like machine gun fire at you, which you can dodge by by boosting to the side. And then it fires missiles at you. And the way to dodge missiles is to fly up in the air because they explode on the ground, mm. but then it's a wider sort of... Um, blast radius. Blast radius, exactly. So if you're hovering up in the ground, you dodge it. Yeah. So you have to understand when to dodge missiles and when to dodge guns. Mm. And then you have to do the the shooting forwards things for a melee attack. Mm. You have to time that right. Once you nail those three things, that boss is actually a piece of piss. It's just, it's teaching you Interesting, that. interesting. There's another boss later on that's really difficult, which I managed to get through after maybe six goes, six or seven goes. Is that the, no, it's the one with like, it shoots like this huge spread of missiles. Mm. But again, that is about timing your your dive move at the right time to, to dodge those attacks. Mm. But it's also about, it has a shield. So that's about teaching you weapon types and ammo types. Because once you get plasma weapons, you realize, oh, I can get rid of the shield really That's quickly. what I was going to ask. So you, you can grind... Uh, to get money and stuff do the weapons do like certain weapons unlock after certain levels or are you available is it straight right from the start could you just grind the same mission and get the best weapon possible no 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 so the shop gradually unlocks with with different things as you go through the main missions so it will give you a certain number of things and then after like a major mission it will then unlock more of the shop okay and then you can grind to then buy everything in the shop which will take you a while but the idea is it's giving you more and more options as you go. And it will probably give you a weapon that is going to be useful against a boss you're about to yeah. do. So it's about understanding that and getting through builds. So you watched me yesterday do the sea spider. Eventually. Which, eventually. Which took a good couple of hours for me to get through. And that's because I thought I had a good build. And I was slowly getting closer and closer and was learning the patterns of the boss. And I understood I needed to be quick. I needed the right timing. And I got all that down. It just wasn't quite doing enough damage quickly enough. So then once I got the right weapon, or at least I changed a different weapon, with my strategy and then a different build, together, I kicked the boss's ass. But it just took time to understand what's the right build, how do I learn the patterns and build up that skill level. So I absolutely love it. (laughs) Having witted on for however long, I really, really love this game. It, It looks cool when it's it's hard. But once you understand what the game is trying to teach you and once you nail the combat, it feels great to finally do a boss. It feels great to actually nail that. So, yeah. Yeah. Brilliant. Well, uh, that was what we've been playing. Should we see what other people have been playing? Because we have gone on a little bit longer than... This was meant to be a bit shorter. Well, we'll try and whiz through this because there aren't that many people. we're already over an hour. Oh, hour and 15. Jeez. So, um, but I mean, we had three big games to talk about, so it makes we sense. We did. We did. Um, but I mean, what people have been playing, are you going to bring it up on yours? It was on the 25th. Oh, so you've a, got it up on It on was a little while ago that we oh, asked this. I'll just this. read it off the screen then. Go and do that then. So we start with Riley. 
Uh, I started playing more Ocarina of Time randomizers. Last weekend, I tried an entrance randomizer. What does that do? No idea. Interesting. Uh, but that was terrible and I quit. So maybe let's not try that. Uh, now I set up a Triforce hunt, which has been an absolute blast. Highly recommend giving it a try. Randomizers are great because they give a new spin on a favorite game. I also was inspired by Ben to start a new playthrough of Stardew Valley, which you were playing a couple of weeks ago. I was, and I will get back to it. I am going to be playing some... In fact, I'll be back on it on Tuesday. Nice. I'm only a few days in, but loving it again. I need to find some good mods to put into it. Yeah, will you play... be playing with mods? Um, not this time, but maybe like on the second year or so. I don't know. I'm I'm just loving having the base game there. I will be adding a mod for the fishing. That's Thanks for reminding me. Okay. Because I do not like the fishing in that game. I quite like the fishing as well. you got to like balance it so it's going in there and yeah. it goes... No, because no. you'll get really, really close and then it'll start behaving erratically and it'll drop down to zero again. I'm like, no. Interesting. Waste, waste my time. Linny Speaking Lally. of fishing, oh, yeah. um, what do you think of the fishing in Sea of Stars? Because you got upset in it yesterday. I heard an, a moan or a groan at something. I thought you were fighting a boss then I looked and you were just fishing. I was just fishing, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, there are fishing creeks around the world mm. and there's a sign next to it which are blanked out and will tell you the types of fish there. Yeah. So I'm going around. I mean, I'm playing on Switch. There aren't trophies. I imagine there's probably a trophy or an achievement for collecting every type of fish. Yeah. So I'm just trying to do every type in every in every creek, basically. Um, it's all right. It's There's like a channel of water and you have to reel them in when the fish is in that channel yeah. and you've got to steer it into that channel. And sometimes they jump in the air and you can stun them. Mm. But then sometimes you get really, really close and then the, the thing snaps and it's a bit annoying. I love how, ev too bad I love how every game has such a different fishing game. Like every single game is completely different. Like how I was, do you come up with a different way of fishing in a game? I mean, but they all managed to do it. Like Fae Farm, I was, that's one another game I've been playing. Um, apparently the, because I've had early access, apparently there's no carryover to the main game, so I've got to restart it again. That's um, annoying. But that, that's, it's fine. I only played it for maybe four hours or so. Um, which I will do. I I didn't talk about that today. Maybe I'll talk about that later on because I'm probably going to play it again. Um, although those kind of games, I'm like, these are great. I just want to play more Stardew now. Mm -hmm. But um, I think the one that will replace Stardew for me or at least be a big game is Coral Island. Yeah. Whenever that finishes. Whenever. Like early access. Linny Lavi. I started the mobile game Tower of God New Worlds. Typical gacha game. Apparently it's based off an anime and I didn't realize it. Yeah, Tower Never of, heard of it. God, I've heard of. Never heard of it. Diver Cat. I played Moving Out 2 with a friend, and it's pretty fun. It's truly multiplayer now, which is great. I think I need to play... I think I need to play controller to better control the characters. Uh, the PC controls aren't the best, but it's as fun as the original with the story and things you can do expanded dramatically with some very cha challenging levels and some frustrating levels as well. I'd recommend it. Cool. All right. Neuroxen says, Core Blimey, Armored Core 6 is hard. It well, is. Hopefully, I've given you some tips. Hopefully, hopefully, hopefully. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was that was it. I think it was like a week ago. So thank you for people. I, I don't think we mentioned that last time. No, we didn't because we just had the Gamescom only special, didn't we? We did, yeah. But yeah. What's happening in the news? Let's go quickly through the news. Let's go through the news. Let me get it up on my phone. Mm -hmm. So um, firstly, this is a story from yesterday. I didn't write it. So yeah. I need to actually read it as I go. But SAG-AFTRA votes unanimously to expand its strike to include the games industry. So obviously this is the American Actors Union, mm -hmm. which is striking, um, as we all know, I'm sure, which has affected a lot of TV and movie stuff at the moment, um, which have all stopped filming. It looks like 
this now is the games industry, which it should be because games voiceover artists should be treated the same as everyone else. Mm, especially with the AI, the rise of AI. Well, well, exactly. Um, I also feel like voice actors in games are becoming a lot more known. I think for a long time yeah. it's been... Troy Bacon, Ellen North. That's all we know. Well, yeah, that's all Jane we know. Perry. But uh, yeah, I think for a lot of time, it's just people play games and they don't really consider the actors. And I think now actors are becoming a lot more visible. Even like, you know, obviously our, our best friend Ben Starr mm -hmm. um, has, uh, you know, has been doing a, has been doing the most. But also you've got to remember as well, games didn't used to have voice actors. It's quite a relatively new to the PS3, 4 era. Yeah, also true. Mainly. Um, even like Baldur's Gate. Two actually. Sorry. Baldur's Gate, the voice actors are all over TikTok. I mean, you love to see it. Um, you know, promote that game. Get your, get your your yeah. stardom. Go for but it. But it's great because there's some people that like. I'm gonna remember her name again. Um, I want to say Lucy Brain, but I feel like that might be Are another. You, I'm pretty sure that's a journalist. Oh, maybe it is. Uh, what's it called? Starfield. Um, Emily O'Brien. Brian. I think it's Brian. So Emily O'Brien. She. I had a look, and I'm like, oh, she's really like recognizable. She's got all these roles. The vast, vast, vast majority of her roles are in video games. Like yeah. people, video games are not for actors to do something a little extra. There are people, there's like, um, oh my God, um, our other friend from Final Fantasy 16, uh, who plays Barnabas. David Menken. David Menken. Um, he's like, the amount of roles he's got in, in games, he's, he's a massive, massive character, massive uh, actor in voice acting for video games. People are having their entire careers and having good, successful, hopefully very lucrative careers just from video game voice acting, which I feel like when it was the PS2, PS3 era, it was a bit of an afterthought whether somebody was a... Like, they, they weren't yeah. sure, I think, of what the voice acting I think was expected to be. I think gaming has progressed so much that it's not something you do on the side of, oh, I'm a movie star and I'll just do an extra game for a bit of money. Mm. It's, it's, a, it's a conceivable career to just a viable career to just do video games and i think it's also quite a small world so that once you do one thing i think it's quite well i say this i have no fucking clue but you tend to see the same people doing lots of roles so i think it's a sort of smaller world but it's expanding with more and more actors just focusing on that and there are so it, many opportunities in that if you can't do you know there's only so many movies being made so many tv shows so much theater that can be done that there are so many games being made. There are yeah. there are loads of opportunities to do voice acting. So exactly. it, it is great the voice acting is growing in that area, but look after them and yeah. keep them in the union and pay them and do all the good stuff. And it is stuff. a new, a relatively new industry. I mean, you think of how long theatre actors have been around, film mm. actors have been around. Video game actors is relatively new. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and it'll be interesting. And I think there's also there is a bit of a, a bit of drama coming because... I've already seen people tweeting saying that if they are, if certain companies are on strike or people are striking because of certain companies, then people should not be streaming those games. Um, and I just hope that doesn't turn into some kind of righteous bitch fest yeah. and kind of, I don't know. All I'm saying is that when it's that kind of stuff, you, you, you do what you want. Send out your information, send out what you think you can put on Twitter and stuff like this is the information. This is why I'm striking, you know, and it's why I encourage you to as well. But you just know that there can be a lot of people whose livelihoods are based on certain games that get paid ad hoc. And I know that you're going to be like, well, so are actors as well, and they're going to be taking a cut. But a lot of people, a lot of streamers 
who maybe only stream and that is their income, they cannot like switch games. Mm. Um, so I, I just think, I just hope people, if this does happen, I just hope people are not going to be really shitty to those who can't afford to, to do it. Yeah. Um, and just reading from the article as well. Um, key issues up for nego negotiation include pay and conditions, which is similar to films and, 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 mm -hmm. and TV, but also protections against unrestrained use of artificial intelligence, yes. specifically the impact upon performance capture artists. So I think AI is, is a you know, as I've written about, um, is, is a major area for video game voice acting, which it isn't in other areas. Mm. So that is something unique to this situation. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, just playing Starfield now, I'm guessing none of that is AI yet. Um, yeah. But like going into those, I'm like, I cannot imagine AI being able to kind of portray or you use somebody's voice and make it as impressive as a lot of those actors mm. are. Like I, I can't see that even be possible. Yeah. And the knock-on of this is something I think we probably won't see for another year. Because obviously, so many games out now, yeah. the voice acting is all done. So with voice actors striking now, that's going to be impacting games in a year's time, probably. So yeah. we will have to wait and see what the impact is in terms we'll of even ask, you uh, know, the knock-on. A future interview about it. We could. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Um, some more fun news elsewhere. Um, there's another DLC coming to Power Wash Simulator based on Back to the Future. My favorite film. Is it? I've never seen it great i've seen a bit of it actually um that's the thing i'll be honest i don't think i've sat and watched back to the future i'm sure i've seen bits of it when it's been on tv i don't think i've actually just we should sat go to and the musical it. apparently it's actually really good well maybe we should but maybe we need to watch the film first yeah um what you'll be cleaning includes um obviously the delorean the time machine okay it, you can't not have that uh, but additionally doc's van hill valley clock tower the Holomax Theatre, and Doc's Time Train. I feel like I would. I, I've seen, like I said, about half of it, so I kind of know the story, and it's quite interesting. And doesn't he fall in love with his mum? Wow. Something like that. Uh, there's some sort of weird incestuous thing. Yeah. Or vaguely incestuous, I think. I actually can't it's remember. It's the 80s. Yep. Good one. It, yeah. Anyway, if you want more Power Wash, that is coming. What What DLC would you like to see in Power Wash? Um, I would like to see... Oh, can't just throw that at me um well i can and i did i'd like to see some i'd like to see some landmarks but they're gonna be huge so maybe not um oh like real life landmarks. real life landmarks that could be fun like Going the to... eiffel tower yeah but to rep <laughs> to scale <laughs> to scale yeah wow. you have to spend it forever doing those um yeah just something like cool like a you know, even maybe smaller maybe a little model village or Aww. something i don't know actually based on what games Probably like a Star Wars one would be cool. Star Wars would be really cool. I think if they did another game, I'd love to see Mass Effect. Because okay. I think you could you could spray the Normandy. You could spray the um, the Mako. Mako. Is yeah, I think Mako? it is Mako, actually, The little isn't it? mech thing. Oh. Uh, the little car thing. Oh, I'm not sure. I, can't I remember. can't remember what it's called. It's been so long. Mm. Um, but like that, for me, lends itself to Power Wash. That'd be really cool. Yeah, I, I can't... Like, none of the games that I'm really in love with are kind of relate to power wash or like have iconic objects yeah mario kart clean the cars cleaning the cars yeah that could be fun mm. yeah. um we've talked a lot about starfield which technically isn't out properly yet because no. it comes out properly on wednesday i paid on game so, plus 
Yes, I didn't. I didn't get a a streamer key, creator key. I. How dare you? Whoever is in charge of that, which is weird. Because now, I, but it's good because then I can stream it. But I'm not. I don't need to put the ad or gifted or anything you like don't that. Have to pretend to like it like everyone else. Well, I don't. I would never do that. So you know, you know, I've been gifted keys. I was given a key for the latest I Rune know, Factory and could not hide my boredom of that. Um, it's, yeah, no, it's, I, you can actually, now the thing is, if you've got Game Pass Ultimate or if you've just got Game Pass, you can upgrade to the premium edition of Starfield for like £32 or £31, mm. which is, for me, I think has been a very decent offer. And I'm, I've had Game Pass ultimate like the, the top level of game pass since it came out and i don't think i'll ever you've paid your dues yeah but like i mean i'm not going to stop it anytime soon so no. may as well just get the upgrade because i think now if i cancel game pass i technically can't play it because you have to the bit but the base game is included and then you upgrade to the premium one so yeah it's um yeah you can just do that but it is you're right 100 pounds if you don't have game pass so you you want to buy it immediately yeah or i think or, it's cheaper on steam it is cheaper on steam and I'm about to bring up some of the Steam numbers. Go and get your um, Steamy numbers up. So on Steam, obviously you can only you can't buy the base edition. It has to be the premium one to get early access, uh, which is eighty five ninety nine. How much? Expensive. Yeah. Which is less than on Xbox. Yeah. But on you can't Steam, play on Xbox, yeah. you can look at the concurrent players, which at the time of writing, which was on Friday, so literally less than a day after it had been released fully. Mm. Uh, on in early access, um, it had a peak of two hundred and thirty-four thousand five hundred and two concurrent players, mm. which made it the sixth most most played game, and that's from people solely buying yeah the premium edition. And I've seen all and sorts of just Steam. Terrible. If you think about how many people mm. are going to be playing it on Xbox as well. I've seen some terrible takes on Twitter because apparently that's lower than the peak for Halo Infinite. But then some pointed out that Halo has a free multiplayer. So the peak now it's saying two three six eight three four. Oh, is that even higher? Is that higher? I can't remember what the number was you said. Neither can I. <laughs> two three six eight five four versus two three four five zero oh, two. So it's only gone up by a couple of thousand. But still, it's higher. Yeah, still it's slightly higher over the weekend. It's going to be, I think, like next weekend is when it's going to really hit the peak because that's when everybody else will buy the standard edition. But you can't. Those numbers are just on Steam, aren't they? Whereas I think yeah, yeah, next yeah. week it's going to be mainly people. Well, there's going to be a lot of people on Game Pass. Oh yeah, and Mike, look look out because Microsoft will will put a tweet out, or whatever, saying, "Oh, look how many players we've had." But it's interesting with Game Pass because rather than saying, "Oh, this Nintendo game like Zelda's had 10 million sales," mm. they don't say sales because you can't say that because you haven't sold it. So when it's Game Pass, they'll be like, "Oh, it's had." 10 million users playing it downloads and the thing is that's kind of meaningless because mm. that could be 10 million people literally playing it for 20 minutes and going this is shit and turning it off or it could be 10 million people completing it and saying it's the best thing ever mm. so it's really hard to gauge that yeah i mean i guess sales someone could buy it and only play it for 20 minutes but you know still yeah. It just feels like a slightly meaningless stat. But anyway, um, it's very, very popular. It was also hugely popular on Twitch um, by literally, like I say, less than a day after Early Access came out. Um, streamers had racked up 3.57 million hours of Starfield watched. Which is a, a lot. lot. Yeah. Uh, and it was the 10th most watched game on Twitch. Right already. now, it is it has over 100,000 viewers. I think it had half a million at peak like when it first launched when people were just interested 
a peak concurrent viewership of 552,031. Sounds right. So it's not 100,000, but it is literally a Sunday lunchtime in the UK and in... I mean, that's fair. America hasn't woken up yet. Yeah. Anyway, the short point of all this is it's going to be big. It's going to be big and it's... um, Yeah, it's good. Very popular so far. Um, Some more sad news this week is that Volition Games, which is the studio that made Saints Row and is owned by Embracer, has been closed down effective immediately. Now, Saints Row is going to be uh, one of the PS Plus games for this month. So if you haven't played it, you can do it. And that seems like interesting timing mm. to basically try and get a last splurge of money from Sony um, before closing down the studio. Embracer is the they're Swedish uh, big parent company that have bought an absolute ton of developers. Tomb Raider. Yeah, they bought most of like Crystal Square Dynamics. Enix's handoffs, basically. Yeah. Um, and a load of other stuff. So it's a huge, huge company. But they haven't really managed to achieve very much since then. And now they've closed one of the studios, which is a bit shit. Yeah, people are not happy with that. And no. yeah, it sucks. Yeah. Sad times. Any more DLC news? I'm getting to that. Um, Sony's handheld, Project Q. Now, you're interested in this, aren't you? I pre-ordered it already. Great. <laughs> Um, that now has a name and a price and a release date. So it's coming out in November. Uh, the 15th of November. And it's the PlayStation. And that's UK, US, France, Germany, Austria, Belgium, Luxembourg, Netherlands, Italy, Spain, and Portugal. On a Wednesday, isn't it? Sure. Um, you can pre-order it now via direct.playstation.com, as you've done. It costs 200 quid. Which I think is fair. It's a decent screen. It's got a full... I mean, like, when you look at the price of an actual Rumble controller or whatever they're called, DualSense controller, they're like £80, £90, aren't they? Yeah. So, so it's that with another with a screen and full compatibility, zero it, yeah, latency. It's a DualSense so with a screen in the middle. Yeah. That is essentially all it is. But it's 200 quid. It's called the PlayStation Portal. Ball. Portal. Portal Ball. No. The PSP, in other words. It's no. PSP. It's, well, it's the PSP. PlayStation Portal. PSP. So I'll be playing Don't my... Don't confuse people, Ben. <laughs> yeah, I wonder what they're going to call that as the short name. I mean, probably PSP. That's probably what they're doing. Yeah. Um, essentially, what this means you can do is you can stream games from, directly. directly from your console over Wi-Fi onto a screen. Yeah. So it's a bit like... Well, no, it's not like playing a Switch at all. But it's the equivalent of... like Steam of, Deck streaming it from my PC. Yeah. It's basically if somebody else is playing the TV... Playing the TV? Using Watching the TV. uh, Watching a film, using it for whatever else, and you still really want to play on your PS5, Mm. you can basically now play it on a handheld version at the same time. Um, And people like that, I would like that because I will sit in bed for a little bit and play some stuff, and I I don't mind playing handheld. Although the thing is, is I could use it connected to this PlayStation in here, which is behind the TV that's behind Ed, so that then you can still play PlayStation in there. But we've got... We have two PlayStation 5s and two TVs. We can just sit in separate rooms. But maybe I want to sit in there. Why do you want to be near me? Because I, well, I like to see you getting angry at Armored Core and things. Sure. It's more like if you're sat playing Starfield, I could sit in there and play. Yeah. I mean, this is nice, but it, there's no but sofa. I could just sit in here. But there's no so sofas. Like, there's no, I mean, you're probably wanting to play it handheld. No, I'd probably just sit in here. Would you? Um, yeah. So if you've got if you've only got one console and one TV in your house, then mm. sure, this is another option for you, I guess. I like it. I think it's a decent price. I've just seen nothing but hate for it because that's typical of gamers on the internet with comment section just being like, 
It's already got a backbone because there's a backbone thing that you can officially get from PlayStation that you stick your phone in and you can do it. But this like literally is a direct, it's over Wi-Fi from your PlayStation. There's going to be very little latency, if any. Um, that Because one thing I was really surprised at, I've said this before, with the Steam Deck, if you stream it directly from your PC on the same Wi-Fi, I cannot believe how little latency there is in that. And you know, I'm a stickler for that kind of stuff. I, it has to work perfectly. It It worked perfectly. I was playing Destiny on a Steam Deck streaming from my pc that's how like fast it is and how good the reactions well, are there you go how good the uh, Get yourself a playstation portal and then the if last it's, bit if it's news. for you sometimes it's just not for everybody no i mean if you're buying one i'll probably use it just to say i've used it but great and then i will use a tv yeah and then that'll be like once and then you'll put it down it'll gather dust i feel like i'd use this a lot more we'll see we will last bit of news which is from overnight and that's because PAX is happening somewhere in America. Uh. And there was a Final Fantasy 16 panel. And we've now had some news on Final Fantasy 16. So, firstly, there is now an update. Two updates. I saw this literally two minutes after it was posted on Twitter and you were asleep. And I'm like, I don't want to wake him up. But also, the second yeah, you stirred, well, the second you stirred, I was like, this, this is happening. This is happening. So there is now an update for Final Fantasy 16. Um, out now. It's free. There are two things in it. Firstly, there is a weapon transmog, um, which means that you can basically have the visuals of one weapon with the stats of another. So one of the complaints with the game is that there's no... You, it, it's very linear how you upgrade your sword, mm. and there's no need to use different weapons. Because the you ultimate now, weapon you get is the best. It's always going to be the best, yeah. and everyone you get is always better. There's never a mm. an elemental affinity or anything like that. So you always get a better weapon. But if you like the look of an old one, you can now just do that. Yeah. Um, there's also a similar thing with outfits, or there's an extra outfit um, that you I can I was hoping for the beach DLC look, you know, but the beach outfits weren't haven't been added yet. No. But you can switch to alternative outfits now if you particularly want to for the main characters. So that's the first thing. Mm -hmm. The second thing is that the PC version has now been confirmed that it's on the way. Good we luck. still don't know when. We kind of figured, because they'd already talked about it. But it's going to be next year, isn't sadly. it? Sadly. Um, and we know that, you know, 7 Remake came out on, on PC. So it was always going to happen. But it's confirmed now. Definitely a PC version. And then the third thing, which is much more interesting, is that there are going to be two paid DLC expansions, which I'm presuming are going to be story-based. Well, yeah, they said they want to know more about the world. He said yeah. they want to know more so, about the world of Valisthea. Basically, this is all from a video from Yoshida. So I don't think he's actually at PAX. But it's a video from Yoshida um, talking about feedback from fans. And one, one piece of feedback is that everybody loved the world and they want to see more of the world and the story. So they are going to add in some extra story-based DLC. Mm. Now, what that is, is a guess at this point. We have yeah. no details. The obvious thing is Leviathan. Now, slight spoilers here, if you haven't played it. But we have the icons, as you know, and each icon is uh, has its dominant, which is all the different characters that you go through. But at one point, you see a mural in the game, which has all of the different icons. And it includes Leviathan. But there is no dominant of Leviathan. So, mm. there are thoughts that there's going to be a story expansion about leviathan coming back or maybe a prequel that's about maybe leviathan. what how what happened to him exactly and yeah. who the dominant is um if it is a prequel i guess you then wouldn't play as clive 
Yeah, so I who would that be? Mm. Maybe he plays a new character, I don't know. Or if it comes later, maybe Leviathan comes back. And so then somehow Clive has to get Leviathan's powers or something. Maybe that could be cool. Um, Yoshida's also been asked, what would you want from DLC? And he did say that playable Sid would be cool. Now that's no confirmation that that's what they're going to do. But he has mentioned it. So I'll throw that out there. Maybe people can message. Let us know what would you like in it because maybe would we you can like talk. To see? Yeah, maybe we can talk what about it. What would you like next. to see, Ben? Uh, I would like to see a snowy area. Interesting. Would you like it to be before or after the main events of the story? Part of me would like it to be at the end, like afterwards, because I always like a bit, you know, it to keep going because it's a great story. But also, I think I don't know. An origin story might be quite interesting to see the origin of some of the characters to just build on them a bit more. Yeah. Um, but we but then, yeah, I don't know. If they're going to do a sequel or whatever, then... See, this is the thing. I don't want might. them to do a sequel because of what happens at the end of the game. I don't want that to continue. I sort of like where it ends. Mm. But equally, if they can build on what happens at the end of the story they can build on the battle system more. And I think a lot of people felt mm. the battle system didn't go as far as it needed to, at least in, in your first run through. New Game Plus, you get you unlock all the powers from the beginning. So I think they need to add more to the battle system. And if they do it as a prequel or something earlier, there's less room for them to expand on the battle system. However, they can then expand on the world and the story, which I think is more what they want to do. Yeah, add a thought, si maybe add a side a bit later on, a bit like in The Witcher, you know, the Blood and Wine DLC, that kind of... My other thought is that there is the prologue of the game, which is, you know, young Clive. Mm. And then there's a big gap. Mm. And then there's, and then you play a slightly older Clive. What happens in that gap? What happens to a certain character in that gap? And then there's another gap later on. So there are a couple of time gaps where they could fill that with stuff. Mm. And I imagine maybe that's what they might do. Yeah, maybe. I'd be intrigued. I, I'm looking forward to going back to it. Now I'm kind of holding off on my second playthrough to get the platinum. Yeah. So I'm wondering, like, if all of this DLC is achievable during a New Game Plus playthrough, then that's a great excuse for me to play through it again. See, this is the thing, because I just blitzed it and I wrote so much about it and I built up to that game so much. I don't want to say I feel sick of it because I'm not but. sick of it and I really enjoyed it. But I am a bit like, OK, I'm done with it now. I wonder if they'll come out at the same time, if the PC version will be released with that extra DLC. Yeah, and it will be like Ultimate big, Edition that you can buy yeah, all in one. Iconic Edition. Yeah. Oh my God. If they, if Square Enix, if you don't call it Iconic Edition, you've missed a trick. Yeah. Come on. All right. Well, you know, we've gone over a bit more than what we were going to do, but who cares? It's it's a Sunday here. I mean, and it's a Monday or whatever, wherever where you're listening. Exactly. Um, but yeah, thank you very much for listening. We will be back same time next week we've we're back in the rhythm i think we've now we don't think we have any holidays or anything like that planned no we've got we've got some sundays free i think my mum's here um, next weekend she can join us and she can't join us okay she knows nothing um, about video games she used to she told my brother to go and collect his playboy because she meant to say game boy and playstation was all mixed up wow so <laughs> and he was like what how do you know about no uh so yeah we will we'll be you back were the one week. with the playboy weren't you i was the playboy yeah <laughs> uh, always been we'll have inbox as well yes we'll be we back will, on that we will have a new inbox up uh, probably Friday I think that's what we like to do do we? yeah inbox on Friday sure stick it in your box on Friday and celebrate for the weekend um, nice. but yeah Ed where can people find you? 
You can find me at Ed underscore Knights on everything. On everything, really. Uh, Twitch, all the socials. Yeah. yeah. Or you can see my writing on Eurogamer.net. .net. And I am Biggest Benis everywhere. You can find me Biggest Benis 1 on Twitter. And yeah, just if you want to listen to more of our podcast, go to swappingjoysticks.com. That is the only place where you'll be able to find, uh, well, actually, no, it won't be the only place, but Spotify, Apple, like Inbox is an only, is an uh, audio only uh, mm. thing that we do. So if you want to go and check that out, you can. Um, and also, I don't know if it'll be ready for next week, maybe the week after. I'm going to be setting it up so that we have a decent, very good quality cameras uh, for us. Because we already have one, but I just need a second one. And actually, I found the really, really good one that we've got. I found another one of those because they don't make them anymore um, from eBay or, yeah, secondhand. And it's actually a lot cheaper than I thought. It's actually cheaper than both these cameras, which is oh, interesting. annoying. Well, there we go. Because I threw the boxes away and I can't... Um, but yeah, if it, also, completely unrelated, if anybody wants to buy two Elgato face cams, <laughs> let me know, because I have two spare now. Or I will they, very soon. And, and I'll say, it's these cameras, and they are good. It's just that I think we sit far away from them. So it's we've zoomed in a lot. as like a webcam, if you want a webcam just on you, closer to the screen. Or you want a camera that kind of picks up a lot of your room. Yeah. Uh, like if you've got a lovely they're Kallax. Good, they're good cameras. So there you go. Thank you uh, get for Get in help. contact. Yeah, get in contact. We only have two available, two left. <laughs> Come on while you fall stocks run out. Limited stock. Yes. Go to swappingjoysticks.com. That's where you can get everything. I don't know if we'll ever do an inbox uh, on camera, but if we do, it'll be with a beautiful new camera. But uh, yeah. Right. Well, we well, will see you next time. Thank you for listening and or watching. And we'll have a lot more star field and probably sea of stars again. Yeah, and maybe more I'm stars caught. next week. There's nothing going to be new. I don't think we're going to be starting anything new in the next week. But we week. may have finished some games. Not Starfield. Well, I might. Yeah, you. We'll see. All right, then. See you then. Bye. Bye.